Hello everyone, welcome back to Tea Time with Tea. I'm your host, Teresa. Let's talk about your dreams. What would you quit your job to do right now? Raised in Iowa City, my guest Spencer James shares how he turned what most of us would consider a pipe dream into reality. After being accidentally scouted for modeling, Spencer gained four years of experience working as an international model before pursuing real estate full-time. We discussed the ups and downs of working in both industries and how some aspects of modeling prepared him for the real estate world. Let's get into it. Spencer, welcome to Tea Time with T. Hey T, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on my podcast. Um, I so I wanted to have you on my podcast because you know we're both in real estate together. We both work at Triplement, but I always find it interesting that everyone kind of had like their own career path prior to like now joining real estate. And I found yours pretty interesting. You were an international model, which I think is super cool. So I kind of want to get into that a little bit. Oh, I promise it's not as cool as it sounds. Every, every model wants to quit and then they get one more job that makes them keep going. So um, no, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a really interesting way to live for like four and a half years. I actually had no intention of modeling. It was, I was scouted completely randomly. I was in business school back at the University of Iowa and um, the people who ended up scouting me who coincidentally scouted Ashton Kutcher like 20 odd years ago because he's from my hometown. So they always come back to Iowa City and they had an open call at a hair salon in the downtown area that their friend owns. And they came over to this restaurant for lunch and I served them food. I was working there and I served them food. And they started asking me a bunch of questions like, oh, how tall are you? What color are your eyes? You ever been to New York? And I was like, all right, why is this starting to feel like an interview? <laughs> and they, uh, they told me what they did. And, you know, when you're like, I was kind of nearing the end of my junior year of college, starting to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel or lack thereof. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to jump into um, corporate America for the next 50 years just now. So I, I took them up on their offer moved out to Los Angeles where I started and from there I went all over the world and finally landed in New York. This is kind of home base now. Yeah, tell us a little bit about like your journey from like moving from Iowa to LA, which is like a huge difference. Yeah, it is a big difference. Um so it really wasn't a hard choice for me to make. I loved the idea of getting out of my hometown and going to explore new a new area, a new state, a new life, new industry. I like that stuff. I've always been attracted to new experiences and you know, kind of breaking the norm, especially in the Midwest, people don't really become models and actors. It's not really, you know, it's a pipe dream out there. It's not really something that you have a lot of friends that end up doing. Um, so the decision to go out there was easy. Uh, <laughs> my parents, you know, conservative Midwest parents were very sure to let me know that 
we're not helping you at all. If you need money, you got to come back home and get a real job. And I was like, all right, that seems fair. Um, yeah. I was going to say, what, do, what does your parents consider um, like a regular job? Something with salary where I know what my paycheck is going to be. Yeah. Um, I just like, I love that you said that because I think even with us doing real estate right now, it's kind of other people's dream. Like I think people look at it as like a dream job, a cool job. Um, the same thing for like modeling and acting. So it's always like, for me at least being able to say like, I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it and not going the traditional way, which I was like kind of yeah. on the traditional path for a really, really long time. So now it's kind of yeah. like changing things up, which is fun. Have you, yeah. in terms of modeling and breaking into it, did you think that it was going to kind of be like your long-term like career? Um, I didn't really know what to expect from it. Um, the people who scouted me, you know, they pointed me to some of their people who are making, you know, six figures a year off of just modeling. And I thought, well, I don't expect that but it's possible. You know, I never thought that this was going to be the be all end all of my career choice. I, I knew at some point I was going to fall back into something one way or another. And real estate had always kind of been in the back of my head. One, because my parents actually, you know, they both worked entry level jobs as we were growing up and they saved all their money and invested everything into rent, rental property. And they did very well for themselves. Now all their mortgages are paid off. Um, and they could totally retire and just live off of that passive income now if they wanted. I think they'd go batshit crazy if they did that. They'd be so bored. Um, but just seeing them do that and building a little like net worth based off of just a small amount of income every year really inspired me to think about getting involved in real estate and seeing the value of that. And then you get to New York and it's like average cost of a one bedroom in Manhattan's a million dollars. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is something to this. Yeah. I was going to ask, and I should have probably asked you this before we started, but are you still in modeling right now? Like, do you still do it now? Um, not so much. Very, very few and far between. I'm actually not signed in New York right now. Although just two days ago, I did a shoot with the photographer who I had worked with um, like a year and a half ago. And he's a really good photographer. He, he shoots for GQ. He shoots celebrities, Jennifer Lopez and all this stuff. And he heard that I wasn't represented. And now he actually just sent me over a contract. He wants to be my, my mother agent is what they call, which is basically my manager. Um, so I haven't thought about it in a long time, but you know, in my opinion, it couldn't hurt to be signed. I already live in New York, so I might as well. So I think I might be getting back into it a little bit. That being said, I don't really, I don't really expect anything from it. Real estate's my main focus, and that's what I told the guy. I'm not going to go chasing flies anymore, um, but, you know, why not? You never know what can happen. That's kind of exciting, though, because one, one of my questions for you was, um, do you miss modeling? So the fact that you have the opportunity to get back into it, um, how do you feel about that right now? Like, do you, are you excited about it at all? Uh, I'm definitely excited about it. Modeling is a really fun thing to do I mean being in that creative space where it's just you and a photographer and a camera um, and you get to just you know create and be free and take take artistic direction and see what comes out and then you get you're all excited for a couple of weeks while they're finalizing the photos and you see the finished product and it's really satisfying 
Um, one thing I don't miss is, and it's even similar to real estate, is where, you know, say you're an agent in real estate and you're about to close on a huge deal, on a, on a big sale. It's a $4 million apartment. And then at the last minute, your client decides, ah, I don't think I'm going to sell my place. And they decide, and then it just falls apart. That happens in modeling way more than you would think. I mean, there's stages of getting confirmed for a job. The first stage is they'll tell your agents, hey, you're on option for this. They might put like a dozen people on option and say, keep these dates available. And then they say, okay, we're going to put you on hold. It's between you or three other people. We'll let you know two days before the job. And then you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. And then all of a sudden the email never comes and you reach out and they say, hey, what's going on? And they say, oh, client just said they booked someone else. So it's a lot of big ticket money jobs being waved in front of your face and then just yanked. Yeah. Away. That's you. one thing I don't miss. On the flip side, sometimes you do get those jobs. Yeah. My, my roommate got a job. He did a campaign for Gap. Two days of work and they paid him $40,000. So it's an emotional roller coaster. I can tell you that much. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely know the feeling. Well, I guess on the real estate end. Um, and I actually had said this to you the last time we spoke. I'm like, about to sign a lease, but it's not a it's not a done deal unless it's actually signed. Like I no never checks are in hand, yeah. Yeah. Like seriously, don't, don't, you just have to have be in that mentality. I, I learned early on not to don't count your checks until you can hold them. I agree. You never know what can happen. One hundred percent. When you were modeling. Knowing that, okay, it's kind of this industry that's, you might get booked, you might not get booked. What were your goals in modeling? Were you like hoping to get booked every single gig or kind of waiting um, it out? Yeah, I mean, look, that would have been nice. It's, it's, my goal was just to have a steady client. I mean, there are like the big jobs, like I mentioned, when my roommate made $40,000. Those come around once every few months or so like that. What I was really hoping to do is just have a steady client. I work for a couple times a week. And then that's, you know, my bread and butter. That kind of gives me financial stability. And then anything else on top of that would be just, you know, an added surprise and just nice, uh, nice stuff. And then while I was modeling, all uh, basically I get a big job and I put it directly into something either my investment account my brothers and i actually bought some rental property back home which we actually just sold turned it into a um a share in this big company um so yeah i don't know what was the question again sorry i kind of forgot it was like your goals like your end oh, goal goals. for modeling yeah modeling it was one just to meet people because i knew especially if i was getting into real estate it's a bit it's a glitz and glamour kind of industry where you can meet you're going to be around a lot of wealth. So that was a huge goal of mine is to expand my network into some interesting and reputable people with a lot of money because I knew eventually I'd be getting into real estate and I would want to hang on to those people and contacts. Um, and then, yeah, as far as a steady client, basically just what you see when you, if you ever go on a company's website and you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through on the different outfits on the website, the people in those outfits doing the little poses, mm -hmm. That's called e-com. That is the best. That's your. That's a model's bread and butter right there. They use it a couple times a week. It's like 
depending on the client and depending on you and your career, it can be like 5,000 a day or $800 a day. Either way, it's good money. Um, it's kind of boring. It's not the most glamorous part. It's a day job for all the people behind the camera. Um, but that was my goal to get one or two of those clients and then invest all my earnings. So you always just knew that you were going to like eventually go back to real estate or like yeah. pick up on real estate. Well, after, after my first year or so, I, I had some big bookings and some good jobs, but I kind of knew right away, like, okay, this is, I'm not going to be like a top model because in reality, so many people get scouted and signed to an agencies, very, uh, a small portion of those people can end up living in that city on their own without help from the agency or their parents. So just being able to live on your own on a model salary, you're already way ahead of so many people. And then when you're really thriving, it's when you're in like the top 5% of people and you're actually making good money. I didn't ever really expect myself to get to that point. Um, so I try to stay pretty realistic about the end game and my expectations for modeling. I kind of like that because I'm a, like, I just feel like I'm a dreamer. <laughs> and I mean, also it comes with wanting certain things and trying to put myself in like the best situations to get those things. Like, for example, I'm really into acting. I love doing it. So whenever I have an opportunity, if it's either doing something that's like off Broadway or like background gigs i enjoy doing background gigs i think they're super duper fun also the fact of like getting to meet interesting new people on set or just kind of observing the whole production it's very interesting to me so i think for like myself i can sit here and say like my end goal like i want to i want to do acting that's what i want to do but at the end of the day it's kind of like putting in that work and having to be realistic with myself where I feel like you're there, you're realistic with yourself. You know exactly like, okay, maybe I might not be the next top model, mm -hmm. but also there's like a side of it where do you think that you can be? Like, do you think you have the potential to get there? Cause I think I, I have the potential to get there if I put in the work. Uh, see, I think acting and modeling are a bit different in that sense. Acting is a craft and you can get better at it. Modeling is also a craft, but there's, you're limited in how you can progress and hone in on a skill because a lot of it, you know, the e-com stuff, you need to know how to pose and stand. That's a skill. But for the big, crazy jobs with the huge budgets, anyone can book those. And this this photographer told me, look, there's three ways that people become successful in modeling. One is they're lucky. Two, they have famous or connected parents. And three, they let some old rich guy suck their cocks. And I said, okay, I guess I'm banking on luck here. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, it forced me to to look at where I might end up if I, if this was the only thing I was going to be doing. I was actually lucky last year, a year and a half ago to have a roommate who's two and a half years older than me. And he's never had a, like a normal job, not even a minimum wage job. He's never gone to college. He's 28 now. He was a huge, he's wildly successful as a model. Um, but now he's kind of like 
over the hump. You know, he's going down and he has nothing to fall back on. Uh-huh. And that really put things into perspective to me. I was like, do I want to be in my late 20s with nothing else going on? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, I think a lot of people who are like are in real estate probably used to be actors or models and can like relate to that. Yeah. But I also think like for the people who have gotten into real estate from the jump, like from the very beginning, like for example, they went from college or from high school straight into real estate. I admire those people so much because again, it's like a commission based job and you're not always going to be closing deals like every single week. Like it would be a dream to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think some people have developed skills to do it, but, um, so it's just like, um, but you had like, you would say that you had like a pretty successful career in modeling since you were doing it for four years. Pretty successful is a strong word. I mean. <laughs> well, four years I, is a really long time to be doing something, yeah. I would say. It is, yeah. Um, the success wasn't always necessarily financial too. I mean, I, I had a lot of amazing life experience. I got to live in several different countries. I have friends all over the world now. It's one of those things I can go to almost any continent and I'll know somebody there and be able to meet up with somebody, which I really value. I think it's amazing that I've gotten to see so much of the world and make all these relationships and stuff. Um, so whether it was, whether I didn't make a killing or not financially, I think you can't really put a price on that type of life experience. Um, yeah, so I feel very fortunate to have been scouted and, just to participate in that lifestyle for a while. For sure. What would you say was your favorite place that you visited when you were modeling? Well, I lived in Milan for about three and a half months. That was a really good time. I had some really fun roommates. The food there is incredible. I met people, you know, from all over different parts of Europe, Germany, um, French people, Dutch people, so many Dutch people are models. I don't know what they have in their cereal over there, but a lot of, a lot of good looking people from, from the Netherlands. Um, so that was cool. I lived in Mexico city for a while and I love, uh, Spanish culture, Mexican culture. I think it's amazing. Everyone there like is always laughing about stuff. You know, they don't take themselves too seriously. Um, and it's a beautiful country. I mean, not, I didn't pack right. I thought you think Mexico, you think the desert, Mm-hmm. Mexico City is elevated to the to the level, the same level as Aspen in Colorado, surrounded by beautiful lush green mountains and it rained almost every day, but just a little short showers and it clears up and you get a beautiful sky. Um, so those places were really cool. I mean, I look New York is still my favorite place in the world. That's why I live here. Um, so yeah, that too. I always feel at home here. Let's talk about New York for a second, because you said when you got scouted, you moved to LA. So, then discovering New York, what made you want to plant your grounds here? I kind of know. I mean, it's the best place ever. (laughs) Uh, Am I going to argue that with you? So, when I first moved out to LA, the initial plan was for me to go to New York. But I had more interest, more concrete interest from an agency in Los Angeles that really wanted me out there to represent me. and. I didn't really have any preference one way or another. I was just kind of going with the flow. I didn't really know what to expect from either city or what they would do for my career. So I said, screw it. I'll drive my car out to LA. I drove from Iowa to Colorado, spent a week skiing with my friends. 
my dad flew out and met me and we drove the rest of the way down to Los Angeles and set up shop for a year straight. And after that, um, I met some friends and we were starting to talk about New York Fashion Week and what the New York market could do for our careers and became more and more interesting to me. I'd still never been to New York at that point. And I flew out. I remember the first time I got to New York City in the middle of late August, hot as hell, nice and humid. Yeah. I remember I had six different appointments with different agencies uh, that I might sign with. And I was running around town, freaking out, showing up late to some of these places. I'm sweating bullets. All of a sudden, I'll turn a corner around the sidewalk and I'll just get smacked in the face with the smell of a 20-foot high pile of trash. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this city? This is disgusting. Um, <laughs> so the first week there, I was very turned off by New York. And then once I actually finally did move out here, uh, there are a few things that stood out right away that I knew I liked about the city. One is just the people. The people in LA, it seems like everyone's sitting around on their parents' credit card just waiting to become a millionaire or an actor or a model or a photographer, but they're not actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. They just have money from their parents. Where New Yorkers, they are out here working their asses off, you know, putting their, their face to the grindstone for themselves and making money, which I really like. I think the values out here are a lot better. No offense to any, you know, West Coast listeners, but step your game up. <laughs> Start putting in the work. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I feel like, obviously, growing, growing up here, it's super fast paced. Um, you definitely have to work really, really hard to get what you want, especially coming out of, like, smaller towns. I mean, you live in Manhattan, but, like, I grew up in Ozone Park, Queens, and a lot of um, people that I grew up with, they tend to like stay in Ozone Park, Queens, don't really want to come out to the city as much. And I just always like, I need to be in the city. I need to be in the city. Um, so I love that. In terms of um, your runway career, because you did catalog and runway, mm -hmm. which one do you like better? Oh, definitely catalog. It's just more money. I mean, mm -hmm. it's runway, unless you're, I mean, some some women make a lot of money if they do the whole circuit in New York, LA, or not LA, New York, London, Milan, and Paris. Um, I have a friend who would make like $100,000 before, you know, agency fee and taxes twice a year because there's two big fashion weeks a year. Mm -hmm. um, but for guys, and especially in New York, New York, for a men's show in New York, they'll pay you like less than 500 for per show. It's, it's definitely not a moneymaker. It is a lot of fun though. I'll tell you the first, the first fashion week I did out here, I got booked for four shows. And I remember stepping, uh, lining up behind stage to you know start walking out. I was somewhere in the middle of the pack. And you get the butterflies, you know, you have, you've been working on your walk, you went to all the, a million different castings and you're finally at the show and you're about to strut your stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, you get the butterflies. And then when it's your time to shine, you get up on the on the catwalk and there's a couple hundred people flashing cameras everywhere. Once you take that first step, all that all those butterflies go away and you just have this energy in yourself. And I just remember thinking, I'm the fucking man. <laughs> it felt so good. I loved it. That being said, it is uh, it's a lot of running around going to castings and auditions for not a lot of money. So that part I don't like. I definitely like 
um, actual more money jobs, something that's you can you're more interacting with the photographer and a creative director. Uh, it's a more creative space. Designers also, I think, are really bad at organizational skills. They always seem to be running around like chickens with their head cuts off, yeah. cut off at a fashion show, worrying about every little detail. Very neurotic scene. And then whenever you, whenever you have an opportunity to shoot on location, that's always amazing. In terms of like runway modeling, though, like in terms of like booking gigs for that, was there really always like a height requirement thing? Or whereas catalog modeling, it's probably a little bit easier to also like book gigs, right? Yeah, uh, honestly, catalog is a lot of it's just luck of how your body is. If you fit the clothes really well, you'll get the job. Mm -hmm. um, whereas runway, the looks are all curated to fit each model. So like they have an idea of what the looks are going to be. And then they have tailors who come up and take your measurements and pin everything up and tailor it up to match you perfectly. But there's not time to do that for, you know, 30 different looks in a day when you're doing catalog stuff. Um, so that's almost just kind of luck of the draw. And if, if, if you fit the stuff and your look goes along with the, the vibe they're trying to produce, then you'll get it. Fashion, yeah, there's definitely a high requirement. And you would not believe that they always want models who are like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, Yet the shoes that they use, sample sizes are always size 9 for some reason. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody who's 6'2", does not fit in a size 9 shoe. No. So, <laughs> They're, they're walking, they, they're putting all this effort into perfecting their walk and then they have their foot in a shoe and their toes are like that and they can't even walk properly. Yeah. Confidence wise, do you feel like you got a lot of your confidence from modeling or do you think that's something that you had in you before you started? I definitely had that in me before I started. I actually know how I developed that. I was, uh, you know, growing up in elementary school, I was like the late bloomer kid. Um, all my friends were huge, big football athletes and stuff. And I was never like, you know, the cool kid. I wasn't particularly handsome growing up. So my whole thought process was like, okay, just fake it till you make it. Fake confidence until it becomes real. And it eventually did. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I uh, am pushing the line of being a little cocky maybe a little bit of a, a little snarky at times um but that's also just my sarcastic sense of humor yeah um, so no i think i by just by lack of choice i had to i had to develop confidence otherwise i would never succeed socially or with you know among my peers and in sports i was playing so that was always there granted it did you get humbled a little bit when you uh you walk into a casting and then you know you might be new to modeling with my little midwestern iowa style mm -hmm. and then you see somebody coming in he's like three inches taller than you with platinum hair and piercing blue eyes and he just looks like he's rich and you're like oh geez how do i stand up to this guy um so there's always parts that that humble you and bring you down to earth but again in modeling you have to be confident you cannot be camera shy they'll, they'll eat you alive Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll be on a set and people will just talk about you like you're not there. So you need a thick skin because people are going to say a bunch of stuff that's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you ha had like any of those people like talk anything about you, say anything about you? Oh yeah, definitely. I remember I was at a casting in Milan. Maybe it's just Italian people. They're a little more shrewd than we are, but 
one person, I was just standing in front of four people. One person is saying, oh, I really like him for this. And another person is saying, no, are you kidding me? His, his look is terrible. He would not, he does, he's not good for this at all. And I'm just standing there like, guess I'll go fuck myself. All right. <laughs> Thank you. But, yeah. You know, a lot of times they just don't, they don't have the time nor the patience or the people skills to, to cater to everyone's sensitivity. And that's why, I mean, for guys, it's one thing, but women and modeling start at such a young age mm-hmm. and it's so sad you know agents just throw you to the wolves nobody there's no mentoring process here they take somebody from the middle of nowhere who's never done it before and send them in with these photographers who have no time or patience and some of them might even try and sleep with you some of them i mean as bad as it is for female actors you know the whole Harvey Weinstein thing it's it's similar like that but for male models because the whole industry is run by you know rich powerful gay men it's like yeah I, I was gonna say something like it's just one of those industries where you, you kind of don't get a break unless like exactly what you said it's like it's one of those things where you either have it or you're lucky or you have to do something to kind of get there which sucks but two two things that you said, um, your, your sarcasm. There was like an email that like went out, and <laughs> I know and you're talking about. Just like to respond to like either Ariel or Josh, I can't remember exactly. But someone like people started responding, and then yeah. wrote in the email like, "Do not respond to all." And I was Stop dying. Stop replying all in caps. <laughs> well, what the hell? Come on, people. I had to step up and say something. Yeah. I, and this was like when I, like, I think it, I was still like pretty new. I was still pretty new to Triple Man. But yeah. um, I was cracking up. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I took a calculated risk there because I, I knew um, I was also pretty new at the time when I did that. I've done it twice. You might not have been here for the first time. But the first time, um, I remember thinking, like, this could go really well or really badly. And I was like, you know what? I'm new here. I need to get my name around a little bit. So I decided to go for it. And I remember the next day, well, right that night, like, I had, like, 10 people emailing me, like, ha, 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 thank you. Oh, my God. You're the GOAT, you know, stuff like that. And then people uh, at the office the next day are like, oh, Spencer, taking some pretty uh, pretty long shots here, huh? <laughs> Gotta risk it to get the biscuit, you know? Ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like, you're definitely the person that's gonna just, like, speak your mind and just say what you feel. For better or for worse, yes. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't get you in too much trouble. <laughs> so far, so good. And the second thing was having thick skin, which, going back to our real estate industry, I feel you 100% have to have thick skin. So I guess in a way, and I'm like, I don't want to speak for you, but in a way, like modeling kind of set you up and helped you in that way. 100%. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, this job can be the most discouraging thing ever one month. And then the next month, the stars align and it just, you seamlessly might close out seven deals and make $10,000 and you just don't know. and yeah, and modeling is very similar to that. The one difference is you can be a good agent and not make a lot of money. You can be a good model and not make a lot of money. But you can't be you can't be a bad agent and make a lot of money. 
and you can be a terrible model and make tons of money if you know the right people. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one thing that I really enjoy about this is in that sense, it's a little bit more like acting where you have, it's a craft and you can hone in on your craft and your ability to close somebody and your ability to maintain relationships, relationships with people throughout their whole process. When they just moved to New York, they just get their first job. A few years later down the road, they're ready to start a family and buy a house. Um, Cause that's what this industry is. It's a relationship based industry. And you absolutely need the thick skin because you're going to have lean months and you're going to have full months and you need to don't never judge yourself by your best or your worst. Have you ever had a moment where you felt so discouraged either in modeling or real estate that you just felt like, you know what? I want to just give this up and get like a regular corporate America job. Well, and modeling that happened when, um, yes, I had, I had not had any job for like two or three months. And then I finally started working. This is about like last summer. I finally uh, started doing a lot of work with Barney's. And then I don't know if you know anything about like the paying schedule for models. It takes about 90 days to receive your check after you do a job. Like your first any check. check. Okay. Any check. It's because the client has up to 90 days to pay to, to pay. So you oftentimes, it makes it really difficult to budget too. Um, anyway, I was doing all this work for Barney's and I was like, oh great, I finally have a regular client. Like this is gonna turn my career around. And then we all know what happened. They went chapter 11, filed for bankruptcy and I never saw a cent of that. A few weeks later, my agency out here um, released me from my contract. They dropped me. It was like a, a nice way of saying, we're not working for you anymore. Right. That is actually right around the time where, when I met Josh Juno. Luckily. Tell us about that. How did you meet Josh Juno? So over the years, I've been getting my hair cut by this guy, Huey. Shout out to Huey Wen, hair by Huey, follow him on Instagram. <laughs> um, he takes care of these locks. Anyway, he is a, he's been longtime friends with Josh and Bridget and like Louise and the crew, you know, mm -hmm. he, uh, came to this restaurant. I was bartending at baby Brasa in the West village. Also shout out to baby Brasa. They're going through a hard time right now. Cause they're a we'll restaurant link, in New York. We'll link everyone below. Yes. Yeah. That's actually a really fun place. I love going there. Great drinks. So he brought, he brought Josh to the bar and we were chatting and uh, we just kind of hit it off straight away. And he, I asked him what he did. He said, um, I work at triple men. I'm a, I'm the rental agent's manager and I have my own like exclusive listings and blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And then, you know, they left, whatever I finished my shift. And then a few days later I was hanging out with Huey because someone had left one of those electric skateboards at his place. And I was like, all right, I'm coming over. That sounds incredible. And we skated down to hell's kitchen and we saw Josh having a happy hour and we joined him. And that's when I really got to have a back and forth with Josh and kind of get to know him. And uh, we, we immediately hit it off. I love this sense of humor. Um, I thought he, he came off as very intelligent, very smart, and very successful at what he does. And he does real estate. So he basically told me the next day, he just sent me a DM, said, I've scheduled you an interview for Monday. Come in. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. Guess I'm doing it. Yeah. It's like, all right, guess I better finish getting my, my license and I'll see you on Monday. Were you already working towards your license at that point or did you not have it at all? I was, um, but it's one of those things where, you know, you 
I was kind of really excited back in December or like January of 2019. I bought the class online. It's one of those things you can do at your own pace, which isn't necessarily a good thing. Mm -hmm. you know, because, That's why I did my classes in person. I was yeah. like, I need to do the in-person classes because forces I, you to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So I had about maybe three quarters of the way done and kind of just been very slowly taking it along. And then once I, you know, interviewed with Triple Mint, I hammered the rest out. I actually took the class test, the state exam and Triple Mint's exam all within 24 hours. And I went from nothing to passing three tests and getting my broker's license. That is crazy. It's a good day. It was a good day. I went and bought myself a six pack later that night and I went for a little skate down Times Square and I was so, I was in such a good mood. I took, tried to take a little Instagram video of me because Times Square at night looks amazing. You're skating through, mm -hmm. hit a little pothole, popped off my board and I turned around to go pick it up and a big city tour bus was just turning the corner and just destroyed my board. Oh my God, so Spencer, was, uh, I thought like the bus like hit you or something. I'm like, wait, where's the story going right no, now? No, I'm, I'm fine. I caught myself. But like I said, you know, real estate, modeling, whatever, life in general is an emotional roller coaster. That's one more example of that. Just when you're feeling super high, there's always life to bring you back down to reality. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, it took the form of a bus and killing my skateboard. Um, has your did you get a new skateboard after that <laughs> i did not not yet can't get a good one in new york not not the kind that i like to ride so i'll have to my have my friend in la shoot me one yes yeah. well on that note i think that's a super duper cool story i want to get into some rapid fire questions um rapid fire. here we go la or new york new york burgers Easy. or fries is it too overzealous to say both? If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick burgers. Yeah, I feel like I can't pick. That's like always a hard one for me. I'm like, no, they're both really good. Um, do fries or sweet potato fries? That's a more fair contest. Ooh, one better. Curly fries or waffle fries? Oh, curly. If they're seasoned like they are from Arby's, yeah, 100%. Pretty good. Um, favorite vegetable? I love a good, nice, crisp, steamed, lightly seasoned stock of broccoli. Wow, that was very specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, smoothies or milkshake? Smoothies, I like to act like I'm healthy. Um, mm -hmm. Even though there's sugar in fruits, nobody think that there isn't, but. I mean, there's a ton, of a ton of sugar in fruits, but um, yeah. I think still a better option. Yeah, I agree. But don't tell me about it. I'm like cupcakes, cookies, everything. <laughs> um, countryside or city views? You know, I think having grown up in Iowa and had the country views my whole life, I'm a, I really love being in the city. I don't think I could go back to living there. But I love being able to call that home and going back and visiting that and getting away from the city now. It makes me appreciate it so much more. But all in all definitely city do you think spencer 20 years from now would go back to iowa to retire look if i'm retiring in 20 years i would put me at 45 and i would hope i wouldn't be going back to boring iowa at 45 years old um 
maybe maybe 40 I can go get a little spot there mm -hmm. sounds good yeah. um okay afternoon tea or midnight snacks oh midnight snacks it's uh yeah 100 percent. I mean I once I put my all my work stuff down and I'm, I'm done for the day and I decide it's time to relax I flip on Netflix and once I bust open the first snack, it's a free for all until I fall asleep. Um, I'm gonna end this podcast because, like, you're supposed to technically say tea because it's tea time. But sorry, <laughs> just kidding. That's um, me just being too direct again. No. Um, morning person or a night person? Um, you know, before I would have said night, but as I'm getting older, I'm really starting to appreciate having a full day. And getting up early and I feel better about myself the earlier I get up as opposed to just staying up all night and sleeping in. I had yeah. a lot of that when I was a model, I'll tell you that. Like more of like staying out later as a model. Oh yeah. Yeah. Staying up late, going out, staying laying around in bed all day. Yeah. I like feeling like I am accomplishing something each day and getting up early to do that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So I've always been a morning person, but recently I feel like things are starting to pick up again in real estate. And I feel like I start my day around like eight o'clock with actually working, like doing work. And recently I'm like, wait, no, there's not enough time. Like I need to get up earlier, like at six mm -hmm. or something. So. Wow, must have a lot going on. <laughs> Don't you feel like that? Like, haven't you been getting like a little bit more busy recently? Well, a little bit, especially because uh, I work with David Neiman and we have seven listings for July 1. So I'm kind of actually slammed. Uh, that being said, one thing that I've, he's helped me learn is uh, where to focus your efforts and not to give everyone your time because they might not be worth it. And it's very important to, one of, I think one of the most important parts of real estate is developing the instincts of who is worth your time, who because there's a million, there's tons of people out there looking, and if you are going all in the wrong directions, you're gonna spread yourself too thin and end up doing nothing. So, yeah, I'm trying to, I don't know, trying to learn like who to spend time on, who to not like. Kind of, I can't think of the word right now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, just trying to like navigate. Um, if you could pick one area in the city that best describes your personality. Which would it be? I'd say the East Village. Interesting. I think Bridget said the East Village too, but then yeah. she switched it to Upper West Side. But she's I was gonna say Bridget culture. goes on. Bridget is out on Instagram on going on runs at six in the morning every day. She is not East Village. <laughs> well, I think she was like on our podcast. She was like originally she was East Village, but now she's like Upper West Side, Best Side. So. I think, you know, I'm kind of transitioning from that too. East Village is my, I've lived in eight different neighborhoods in Manhattan. East Village is probably my favorite one. Mm -hmm. um, but again, at the time I was living there, I was just modeling, going out a lot and being close to all the nightlife and downtown. Now that I'm working and a little more calmed down, I don't go out quite as much. I definitely don't mind uptown. I also really kind of get annoyed by the people who are like, oh, you live above 14th Street? Good God. What a... What a yuppie, you know? Screw those people. Get a job. Screw them. <laughs> All righty. Um, my last rapid fire question is, right. if you can teleport yourself somewhere right now, where would it be? 
Oh, gee. Is there still snow in the Rockies? I would love to go skiing. Wait, you are a skier. Yeah, I was a snowboarder for like 12, well, since I was like 11, I've been snowboarding and I actually just learned to ski two winters ago. Nice. So I'm still learning at that, um, but I love it. Just being in the mountains in general is a big passion of mine. And I broke my personal land speed record of 62 miles an hour on skis. Impressive. Pretty stoked on that. If not that, you know, I think it's about time to start working on this tan. So maybe down to Miami if they're opening up again. I was like, aren't they pretty much open right now? They're not. I know my hometown is. Yeah. Midwest pretty much all is. Yeah. And you just came back from the ranch also, right? I did. I was at the ranch, yes. So jealous. All the horses. <laughs> well, Spencer, thank you for being part of Tea Time with Tea. Um at the end of the the hot the rapid fire. That was the end of the rapid fire question. All right. Go back to the leisure look now. Yes. (laughs) You could go back to your normal self. Um, Where can my guests connect with you? You can connect with me on um, Plus and MySpace. Um, No, just kidding. (laughs) Where can my listeners connect with you? Uh, Your listeners can connect with me on Instagram, Spencer James N. They can add me on LinkedIn if you want to keep it, in, you know, professional. Let's endorse each other's skills. Or you can just look me up on Tripleman's website. Look at that handsome, <laughs> smiley shot of me looking like a professional agent. Work with Spencer. Work with cool. me. Cool. And all me your too. wild dreams come true. Yes. <laughs> and Teresa. She's signing deals like the best of them. Snapping um, necks and cash and checks. I'm trying. <laughs> Thank you, Spencer, for being part of Tea Time with Tea. I will check you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.